once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. We have two super awesome guests for you today. We're pretty excited. We've got Tyler Williams of Monolithic Productions and Miss Lindsay Schoolcraft is joining us again. So first, I just want to say thank you both for joining us today. We are excited to have you back, Lindsay, and you for the first time, Tyler. Well, thanks for having me. So yeah. I want to. I want to ask. I just want to start off by pointing out one thing. Lindsay is and Tyler have worked together extensively, which is something that we didn't bring up. So I just wanted to point that out. Well, yeah. we're only thirty seconds into the podcast, so well, I'll just, I'll just, I was just introducing people. I'll let you do it. I'll shut up. You go ahead. You do your thing. Uh, so Tyler, why don't you start off by giving us just kind of a brief breakdown of who you are and what you do? Because you're kind of a behind the scenes type of role. So most of our listeners may not really be familiar with you or your work. Yeah, I'm on stage a bit, but I'm usually in the back for that too. Um, so I'm Tyler Williams. I do uh, heavy metal albums for the most part. Uh, some other stuff sort of, you know, branching outside of that a little bit, but mostly sort of in the heavy realm. Um, just outside Toronto here, we're in Oshawa, a um, couple minutes away from Lindsay. So we've uh, known each other and been working together for almost 10 years now maybe something like yeah that. something like that I haven't thought yeah, about it's it getting up there minute. yeah <laughs> but uh yeah a good while so I uh, work with Lindsay among uh, a lot of the other sort of uh, greater Toronto area bands um yeah just trying to make things uh, heavy and uh loud mm-hmm. lots so, of goals always good ones to have make it as loud yeah. as possible. <laughs> so Tyler can you kind of go over like how you kind of started monolithic productions and I guess kind of being a producer slash everything else you are in the in the very beginning uh well I'd gone into guitar in high school um you know heard some heavy metal bands and uh, you know Dimebag and uh, Children of Bodom and had to pick up guitar so I'd sort of started with that like a lot of the uh, the heavy metal producers sort of tend to and played around bands you know local stuff nothing huge and then sort of got into recording just as a uh, you know a demoing thing or a way to record you know, covers for YouTube and that sort of thing. And uh, you know, picked up an interface, picked up a mic and it just sort of took off from there. And, um, you know, that sort of piqued my interest as a, a possible career path and uh, went to school for it um, about nine years ago, 10 years ago now, uh, went to Harris, downtown Toronto. Nice. Um, so finished there, I think it was the end of 2012. And then I've just been sort of trying to build it up since then. Um, Lindsay's sort of one of the first contacts and first, uh, you know, paying clients that I had and still working together to this day. And like I said, a lot of the other sort of Southern Ontario, uh, greater Toronto area sort of bands. And, um, you know, it seems to be going on the right path. We're uh, sort of building year after year and it's uh, getting bigger and bigger. So it's going pretty good. Okay. So Lindsay, how did you kind of meet Tyler then? Like what, what, what is the backstory here on, on meeting Tyler then? Oh, we met through some mutual friends and it was really, um, it was really like, it was like it all just, you know, there's these divine moments of like, everything's happening for a reason, but you don't know why it's happening. And Mm -hmm. um, at the time I had uh, gone through 
working with a few people, but I wasn't like, it was kind of like, I'd show up in the studio and they'd be like, okay, you're here, hit record. And that's it. And it's like, they're just kind of expecting you to pay. And that like, you know, I had to learn a little bit of my own production overseeing EPs and songs and stuff. But with Tyler, he, you know, he was just coming out of school and I think it was mentioned in passing at a house party or something. I don't really remember Tyler. You just maybe mentioned you were going to school for that. I'm like, I really need someone new to work with. And I think in the beginning, I just really needed your help demoing some of my music to work with other people. But then you were showing how serious you were getting into this. You're like, no, this is what I want to do. And I was just like, okay, like, let's just figure this out together. And yeah, you've had an incredible decade so far, I have to say. I think that's what a lot of it was too, was, um, you know, I sort of cut my, uh, cut my chops with you quite a bit, you know, just dealing with clients, you know, learning how to uh, deal with the base. Yeah, like a lot of the basic stuff, you know, tweaking compressors and EQs and all that, that's all well and fine, but actually interacting with clients and having to, uh, you know, figure out how you're charging people and how you're, you know, backing up systems and how your workflow is going to keep things, you know, moving at a good pace and how not to get in the way of musicians and, you know, it's, uh, that was all a lot of sort of uh, growing experience, mostly with you and, uh, you know, a couple of the other earlier first sort of bands that I was uh, working with. I I have a question. I have a question that you guys started working together before you were in cradle, right? Lindsay? Yeah. Like a year before uh, on my solo work. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Just, just clarifying that, just clarifying the timeline here. So, okay. So how did you go from Lindsay to other clients, Tyler? Um, just the more stuff you can, sort of, you know, talk some people into working with you. It's, it's always going to come, I think from, um, you know, your immediate contacts first, um, you know, art and uh, music is a trick. Oh, sorry. Give me one sec here. No worries. Okay. Sorry. Someone trying to call me there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's always going to be people that know you first, people that trust you. And, uh, so some of the first bands that I was working with, um, producing aside from Lindsay, uh, I played in a band called Sludgehammer, um, sort of based around Toronto. And when I joined them, um, they were just about ready to do an album. So we'd sort of, you know, gotten a little bit more familiar and uh, I talked them into doing a full length instead of an EP and I'd sort of recorded and produced and mixed it. And um, just being in the band scene again, you know, playing shows, communicating with other uh, musicians in a live setting. Um, a lot of uh, sort of network in that way. And, you know, you put out some stuff that people like, and, you know, if they like the way it sounds, then they might be interested in, uh, you know, doing something with you. And you know, it's been uh, getting bigger and bigger every year. And a lot of those are, you know, bands that I know because we played shows together in the area. Yeah. Um, you know, guys like Invicta or Lotharo and, um, you know, some of these other sort of local guys. Fair enough. Um, okay, so now, you just basically do metal only, correct? It's that's Other than the, main fo- the main focus. Yeah, I've got some other stuff that's more in the rock, you know, hard rock or even uh, you know, just more old school sort of rock stuff. So it's all in the rock and the heavy sort of realm. Um, okay. You're not, not out of any exclusivity. You know, there's, uh, you know, not too many projects that I think I would just flat out turn away. Um, but you sort of, it's sort of a niche thing, right? Um, heavy metal is a pretty particular thing. And it takes, you know, I think the best people that do metal albums are people that specialize in it, you know. Um, so it takes a, a different sort of 
skill set and a different uh, approach than a lot of more traditional stuff. So it's, you know, it's one of those things that's good to be specialized in. I guess I'm sort of becoming popular for it. So. Yeah, I think pretty much you've worked with a lot of metal bands in the area. So yeah, mm -hmm. it would. Okay. Um, okay. So before I let Corey, uh, since I'm hogging it, I, I got one more question. So what, what's the application process to actually work with you? Um, most people are just reaching out. Um, I've got a website um, that's got a uh, contact form on there that I get some people reach out through, but it's mostly people that either I know or it's, you know, two degrees of separation type of thing. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people just message me through Facebook or email me um, occasionally through Instagram, but not so much there for me. Um, and I'll try and get on the phone with them. Usually, you know, if, uh, if they're talking about a project, try and get all the details that I can. Um, you know, figure out what they want to do exactly and, uh, you know, try and find everything that I can out about the project. And then, you know, I'll try and come up with a quote or come up with a, a couple different options and sort of give them some, uh, some different routes to think about, and, you know, sort of explain as much as I can the way that I prefer to go about things, the way I would like to do things and why. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people tend to be pretty open to it. You know, if you can really uh, explain it for them and tell them why you do things the way that you do and why you need to sort of take your time or um, you know do things certain ways um, if you can get some trust going there and it can work out pretty well I think cool Corey you want to go next yeah um that actually kind of like leads me into my question of say a brand new band is reaching out to you they want to they want to work with you what kind of things are you going to be looking for from a band on whether or not you're going to take them on as a client or you're going to work with them? Well, I'll, uh, I'll scan whatever info I can from them. So if they've got some YouTube channel or a Facebook page or something, you know, I'll try and dig up whatever info I can and try and get a feel for the band. Um, you know, usually people have done some sort of demo or something recorded themselves. Um, so you can get some sort of idea of at least what they sound like, if it's a style that I want to work with and, um, I try and get an idea of if I think they take it seriously. Um, you know, everybody needs somebody to record with, but, uh, you know, I'm not looking to be, uh, the cheapest guy out there or the, you know, the cheapest, quickest option or anything. So I do want to find people that are going to take it seriously enough and, you know, be okay with taking a little bit of extra time, not to, you know, make people's wallets bleed or anything, but, you know, if you want things done right, it is a little bit of a time consuming process sometimes. So. You know, it's good to know that they're going to be open-minded and take things seriously and uh, not just be trying to rush you through the whole thing and do, you know, five songs in a day or be uh, really unrealistic. And so, what are some of the, the hallmarks of somebody who does take it seriously? Like the, the, the green flags, if you will, of someone that is, is ready to take it seriously? Well, Social media presence, you can tell a lot sometimes, you know, especially if they've had previous work, um, you know, previous releases, you can get a pretty, I get a, a pretty good idea of what quality they've been putting stuff out at, you know, you can see that they're willing to invest in their art, and, you know, take it pretty seriously. Um, it's good to see that they've done a lot of preparation work, you know, usually bands that are taking it pretty well, uh, do a lot of pre-production on their own, whether it's recording songs at jam spaces or doing, you know, rough demos in the, uh, you know, in whatever DAW they're using. Um, so having a lot of sort of preparedness ahead of time, that's always good to see. Um, if they're open and flexible, that's always a good thing. You know, there's uh, 
things that are always different about recording in the studio compared to playing live. Um, so it's good to know that people are going to come in and be willing to experiment. You know, we did the, uh, the Lothario album we just finished up and doing things like using MIDI kick pads instead of acoustic kick drums. It's a little bit awkward for the drummer and yeah, they have to uh, get used to it a bit, but you know, things like that can work out and uh, save time and give you a better product in the end. So, you know, people being open-minded is a huge plus. I, I have a question. So um, this, this is, this is sort of a follow-up, but sort of not. So Lindsay, what, what do you got to do before you contact Tyler? Like what, what is the process leading up to, to this? <laughs> out of curiosity we've been working together so long it's like that there's that familiarity and Tyler puts up with a lot of my shit so like the most common communication is like I don't know why I'm like this but I'm five minutes late thanks for still talking to me like just I am I am the worst client but Tyler knows that when I get there like uh, for the most part back in the day not as much but I, I'm prepared like I'm rehearsed I know what I want I know when I'm going in there recording, like I, I'm like, all right, Tyler, this is what we're doing today. Boom, boom, boom. And sometimes we, you know, surprise ourselves and we're done an hour earlier or some days it's like, oh man, we're going to have to pick this up another mm -hmm. day. Um, but, uh, you know, it's usually, it's just kind of um, something that is so important that like you, you need to do to not piss off your producer or your mixer um, is when you're sending stuff over, if you've like self-produced is making sure it's like, it's all edited, it's lined up, it's labeled properly, the folders organized. Like, I think that's more what Tyler expects from me. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's everything we do is so different. Cause like I could be contributing to someone else's album, you know? And then it's like, I have to go and it's usually vocals and harp, sometimes piano, but I do the piano from home now. Yeah. Um, you know, but then there's my own music and then I have to be like, so Tyler, I really need you to help me do this, this and this, you know, and then sending everything to mix and master. Um, so it's, it just depends on the project, but I think, so I don't piss off Tyler, which I really try not to do. You are pretty chill. No, you're pretty good. Thanks, man. Um, you know, it's just be really organized and, and letting him know like, okay, this is what's going on. And now that we've been like, I'm 20 years in now, but it's been 10 years of us working together it's kind of like going in, I know what to expect now. Like I know how long it's going to take and you know what, like before there was, there was many times where we were just trying to figure stuff out, especially when it comes to MIDI, because a lot of instruments are now on MIDI and that was just like a headache for both of us. It's mm -hmm. been a huge learning curve. Um, but uh, for you back in the day, now I, I, that's why I joke about being an instra MIDIist because like it's like now it's like that's all I do I don't really play live instruments anymore dear god um yeah still the the there's nothing you can't with midi you can't re you know, recreate an actual real folk harp this is very true um but uh yeah I think it's just it, what it comes down to is you need to be prepared like you need to be rehearsed and ready because it, it's on Tyler's clock right so the more the more prepared I am the less you know I am of his time I'm taking and the less money I have to spend but I mean you know we always make up for it with the mix obviously um but you know just kind of uh, I always I'm very aware of that because I think something a lot of musicians starting out don't understand is like you need to be prepared and rehearse it's going to save you money in the long run like hundreds sometimes thousands of dollars so um yeah, it's just, uh, if anything, working with Tyler has really taught me to have a lot of vision. Um, and I think that's really important. So 
Okay, so Tyler, what do you kind of expect from people on your end when they're getting ready to work work with you then? Um, like Lindsay said, you know, being prepared is always a good thing. Um, yeah. There's always going to be stuff that you're figuring out in the studio. You know, there's always going to be that 10% of stuff that you just sort of have to figure out on the spot. Or once you get it under a microscope, you realize that you got to change a drum fill here or, uh, you know, change a harmony here. This spot's too empty. We need to add something. So there's always going to be a bit of that. But, you know, since we're not using major labels that are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to let us rent out a studio for three months straight, um, you can't sit there and write the whole album in the studio. So, you know, being pretty prepared and communicating ahead of time a lot. You know, if I, uh, I do a lot of drum tracking lately, um, that's something that's been picking up quite a bit because, you know, a lot of people are getting more comfortable tracking guitars and bass and vocals at home. Um, but drum tracking is a little bit, uh, a little bit more involved so i've been doing a lot more drum tracking lately and being able to communicate ahead of time uh know what they're coming in with be able to formulate a game plan like i said you know are we using acoustic kick drums or midi kick drums you know what style of music is this how fast how crazy and technical is this um and just doing a lot of research you know there's a lot of um self-taught musicians that are good um but could learn a lot from some of the really, really top sort of studio musicians who do a lot of tracking for big albums, you know, mm -hmm. there's hitting a drum and then there's really knowing how to hit a drum, you know, so a lot of that stuff that we can communicate beforehand. And, you know, if they have a couple months to practice things a little bit differently, you know, use some heavier sticks and things, um, being open-minded to that sort of stuff goes a long way. Cool. Um, now what happens if you get a client, if this has happened where they're too bossy or they're like, just a pain in the butt after you start working with them. What like what kind of happens at that point? He calls me and complains. <laughs> no, guys, I don't have too, too many complaints. Like the you know, there's a therapist. <laughs> what? What's therapist? Bring the expert therapist that is Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there's some therapy involved uh, always on all all sides of it, but uh, most people are you know pretty flexible if. If they're coming to me and I've been doing it long enough now, the people that are coming to me at this point do have a certain amount of trust in me because either they've worked with me before or friends of theirs have worked with me or people that they're fans of have worked uh, with me before. Um, but you do get some people that have, you know, everybody's particular about certain things. Um, I prefer to be as flexible as possible. Um, you know, ideally, I always want a microphone on a stand. It's, you know, not someone holding it and shaking and moving around and stuff, but. Uh, you know, uh, Lothar, we were doing vocals and Krista, I want her to be as comfortable as possible. And she's used to always holding on to a mic and, you know, we tried it and it sounds perfectly fine and well enough. So, you know, I'd rather keep her comfortable and, uh, you know, show some flexibility on my side mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, try and just get a best performance that we can out of people. But uh, you do get a bit of that. And there's sometimes a little bit of pushback and, you know, there's always topics that everybody's going to have stronger opinions on. Um, but uh, I don't run into it nearly as much as I used to. And I think that's just more of a, uh, a trust thing. And I, you know, know what I'm doing better at this point. Um, Fair, enough. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. What is the, the strangest like request that you've gotten to help make somebody more, more comfortable during the process? Like, uh, you know, holding the mic, that's not something that's too super strange, but have you gotten no. any that are just like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, some people want to drink in the studio because there's always the vocalist who just needs whiskey for their throat, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's things like that that you want to try not to go too overboard with, but that's not really that out there, I don't think. Um, I don't know. I think I'm, uh, what do you think, Lindsay? I'm pretty decent at making people comfortable enough. The time um, I made you record my music box. <laughs> yeah. That was my little, little, yeah, that was little cute. Russian wind up uh, music box dancer. Yeah, that was hilarious. I, that was a weird one. We're just sitting on the floor. You're like, okay, crank it. it was- <laughs> yeah, um, like, you know, we were doing guitars for Lotharo and we had to have like a little bit of a, a particular sort of setup for that. Just a little bit more convoluted so we could have like a PA right in front of them so they can feel like they're in front of a speaker that's pushing air, not just, you know, headphones in the studio monitor. And that way we could coax, coax some extra feedback out of it. So, and then just for, you know, ease of photos and uh, videos and stuff, we had a ton of different lights set up. So it's all like in the back of the room behind me here, which isn't huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a bit of a weird setup and, uh, you know, a bit of blaring noise in here doing guitar tracking, but you know, it makes them comfortable and everybody feels good while they're playing. So, you know, it's worth doing the, the little bit of setup time. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay. But so no one's now- like trying to perform rituals or anything in here usually. Damn it. Nothing weird. Damn it. That sucks. Um, okay. So now next question I, I have. When that nothing weird has happened, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you would think it's it's heavy metal. There should be some weird shit going on, but uh, I don't know, not too much. So now, now one thing I wanted to ask. So okay, so now you you've worked on a Juno nominated album. How how has that helped? Toot toot for Lindsay. Um, so how how has that helped with getting the getting better known? I guess is what I'm looking for. Um. It, it helps in a way it's uh, it's a different level of sort of appreciation or respect from, you know, maybe a little bit wider of a range of people. Um, you know, I, I, I'm well enough respected and uh, treated by people that I know that are in our local scene. You know, it's all very, it's a pretty tight community. Um, you yeah. know, the heavy metal scene is only so big. Um, but it sort of grants a little bit of, um, you know, validity outside of just you know your local buddies and stuff because people know what a juno is you know at least in canada you know mm-hmm. i I've, i know i know it's come up in conversation with some uh, american friends and they have no idea what a juno is so it's just a canadian grammy mm-hmm. um, but uh you know it, it it does help in that sense you know it's something that people i think you know take you a little bit more seriously um maybe some people that would uh, n- not uh, you know know me as well or maybe glance over um, before fair Lynn, but that being said it's it's not something that's necessarily led to like a whole uh, ton of open doors because it landed right you know right into the pandemic so the scene yeah. hasn't really opened back up since then you know this nope. year is definitely feeling better than last year um you know i think people are starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel yeah um, Lindsay, what are your thoughts on the on on, on the juno and the production it was kind of like, well, I still call it Juno Gate. I just don't believe that it happened because <laughs> like, and Tyler knows that album was a hot mess. Like it was a stop start, stop start um, process waiting on other people. And then it was done for a year before we released it. You know, it was kind of like shel- shelved, shelved here, like mm. shelved in my computer. I That's such an old school label term, but um, not really shelved, just like, what do we do we were uh, just waiting. yeah yeah no no labels got back and it's like well let me tell you <laughs> what I'm gonna do um mm-hmm. but uh yeah I think 
when it happened, I didn't think about, oh man, look at me. I'm so great. I thought about my team. And the mm. first people I thought about was Tyler Spencer, our orchestrator and Rocky Gray. And I was like, man, that's amazing for them. That's amazing because, and yep. I knew I'd like, I think Tyler, you, you held your composure on being excited about it, but Spencer like called me like, alleluia. Like he's just freaking out on the phone and he's like, can't talk cause he's so Yeah, excited. he's got no chill. Even though he's like a SoCan award-winning film score composer and like working with Netflix, you know, but yeah. he's like the Juno meant, I think the Juno meant more to him because it's like all of us growing up here, we know what a Juno means, right? Mm -hmm. So I yep. thought about the team and I was just, I was more happy for the team and especially for, for Tyler, because it's just like, man, I put that guy through so much, like what a hot mess making that album was. It was fun. And it was like a huge learning curve for all of us. But the mm -hmm. fact that it was like, you know, I was thinking about how passionate you are about mixing and it's like, damn, like, yeah, Tyler meets the bar. Like he's he's a damn good producer and mixer, and the Juno said so. So that was that's what I thought of that. So appreciate it. Yeah, man. Oh, so how do uh, what else do I want to ask about the Juno? So how okay? So now now that now that you've worked on a Juno nominated album, and uh, does does this like how, like how does it kind of like help you like promoting monolithic productions? If oh, I just pumped the rates up across the board. No. Oh, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> cool. No, it's, it's, it's an attention grabber, right? So I haven't been doing too much, you know, before the pandemic hit. Um, I was doing a lot more with running ads and things like that. Um, once the pandemic hit, I sort of slowed down, you know. Um, you don't know how those uh, effect of those ad dollars are going to be, and everything was pretty up in the air. Um, so I haven't really rolled back into it as much. Um, because it's been fairly busy honestly so it's uh, not been the front of my mind but it's one of those things that you include in your uh, you know your ad copy when you're um you know running ads to people and it's you know it's a big uh, word that's all in capital letters usually and it grabs some attention and uh, you know it, it helps it uh, it stands out because you know not everybody can say it fair so now now that you mentioned rate like how much should people be expecting to pay if they were working with someone like you out of curiosity Oh, it varies. It's, uh, it's a pretty million dollars. Yeah, hundred million dollars. <laughs> All over that. No, it's it's a pretty project-based sort of thing. Um, you know, if you're looking to do full lengths, you know, you're don't expect to you know come in and do like it's not the two hundred dollars a song type of thing. You know, yeah. we're definitely not doing that, but uh, it's it's still pretty reasonable. Um, you know, there's, uh, if we uh, have extra budget and want to go do drums in a nice big, huge room, there's definitely some big places that uh, charge a bit more that are nice to go visit. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's not, uh, not anything too crazy like that. What, what's a ballpark, like, like, like a ballpark actual figure? Many, you many might end thousands. up, as, <laughs> you might end up, you know, if, if you were trying to break it down in a per song type of thing, it's going to be between you know, 800 to maybe 1100 a song, depending on how many songs you're doing, uh, you know, how much of it you're recording yourself or how much you're recording live instruments as opposed to program things. So, so it, it does vary a bit. Um, okay. I do get a lot of stuff too that's, you know, tracking drums. They're going to do guitars, bass and vocals because they've got someone in the band who can do it well enough. And then they're going to send that over and I'll do the mix and master type of things. So yeah, it cool. sort of depends, but uh, 
So a rough budget for like a full length would be like six, seven thousand dollars approximately, give or take. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, cool. and I, I will say that it it also for you, like I'm just throwing this out there because I see it a lot. It's gonna be very different it's if it has a symphonic element versus if it's just like thrash or death, right? Because yeah. there's way more tracks involved. And then you work with Spencer and Spencer's got his own two cents and yeah, and there's always other costs. You know, everybody's got to, you got to do videos. You got to do, you know, are you outsourcing mastering? Are you getting uh, other people composing on your album? So there's always other things that add up in there. But yeah, you know, I try to uh, I try to do what I can to work with people and make it easy. You know, if we can come up with, uh, you know, I'll sometimes throw out some flat rates for bigger projects just so people aren't you know stressing over the clock and you know yeah you just see what we can do so everybody's just feeling comfortable and you know not uh, stressing out. Cool. Um, okay, so now what what is it kind of like? How is it different working with a non metal versus a metal band? Because Lindsay's got had her uh, project that wasn't metal, and then you or album rather, and then uh, Gaia with I don't I don't know anyone else, but those two. It, it's honestly it's uh, kind of refreshing because the metal yeah. stuff I I love it. You know, it's it's what I've been into for you know the back half of my life and. Uh, you know, it, it's what I want to do. Um, but metal is a very particular thing. It's very technical. You're looking for perfect takes and you're doing stuff for hours. And you get a little, you know, some of the more straightforward genres or the cleaner sounding genres. And it's a lot easier to just get away with, you know, little imperfection, let the musician just be a musician and, uh, you know, leave things a little bit looser. And, you know, you're not dealing with necessarily a wall of guitars and crazy drums all the time. So honestly, it's pretty refreshing when I get to do some of the slower stuff. You know, I think I mentioned that we're starting to do shot down twice thing and they're more just straight up rock. Oh, yeah. um, and that's a totally different thing, you know, no crazy double pedal all over the place and, you know, um, just walls of guitar sound. So it's just a more old school rock thing and it's, it's a lot easier to work on. Um, so it's sort of a breath of fresh air, but that being said, I, I love doing the heavy technical stuff, you know, Lotharo's thing was the full on metal album and, yeah, um, you know it's great. I loved it. Cool, uh, Lindsay. What should we be asking Tyler that we haven't asked him yet? Since since you're, you you are very familiar with him and his work, what he enjoys doing most out of the entire production. Ooh, what do you enjoy the most, Tyler? I know what you enjoy the least. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like mixing and drums. Um, drums is tedious and it's super tactical and there's so much to it and there's so many easy ways to fuck it up we're allowed to swear on this right that's all right yeah, yeah they swear yeah. a lot awesome. <laughs> okay. just thought i'd check um i love doing drums though uh you know once you get it set up it's there's so much to it and when you get a sound that's just absolutely killer before you even start mixing you know it's it's a really good feeling um so I do love doing the drums and then the mixing is just my absolute favorite. Um, you know, that's sort of where I get to shine and, you know, you get to hear it all come together and, you know, we'll be tracking and, you know, everybody's listening to the rough tracking mix. Mixing hasn't even started. They're just like, oh, that sounds really good. You know, we haven't heard these songs sound this good before. And then you send them a first draft of a mix and it's just, you know, mind blowing. So it's, uh, I think that's where uh, I enjoy it the most. Nice. Um so what so what project or album rather specifically did you kind of really enjoy working on like in particular other than Lindsay's stuff since since she, she's here we'll, we'll have someone else mm -hmm. 
well, I've yapped about them a couple times. Like I said, Lotharo, they're always a good time. You know, we've done, uh, I've been involved on each of their recordings that they've done so far. This was the first one that I did everything on minus the mastering. Oh, really? Um, so that was a lot of fun. We were, we're pretty comfortable with each other at this point. We've known each other for years. Yeah. Um, so that's always great. Um, you know, doing uh, my own band stuff was fun, you know, doing the sledgehammer things. Um, I've got a couple coming up that I'm really looking forward to that haven't been announced yet. So I don't want to mention any uh, names, sure. the risk of, uh, you know, speaking out. Um, yeah. Uh, Invicta, you know, they're a killer bunch too. We did that. That was a good few years ago. I just saw the, the Facebook memories popping up. So I think that was about four years ago. We did their first EP. And they're just killer musicians as well, you know, just straight up thrash guys, awesome tunes, super catchy, ton of shredding. Yep. Um, yeah, that stuff's always fun. You know, when the musicians are just writing catchy tunes and, you know, they're tight performers, you know, that's when it's just always fun. If I just don't have to worry about teaching them how to play their instruments in the studio, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they just come in and kill it, then it's always a good time. I, I have to ask Tyler, is it the the harp EP that we're working on? Is that what you're excited for too, or no? Uh, coming up, there was there's a few uh, there's some thrash albums coming up. Oh, so you um, don't care about the harp EP? You don't care about no? It. The harp EP is fun, but uh, <laughs> you know it's uh, it's not brittle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to ask. I'm like I yeah. anticipate it's actually a face melting harp album. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, cool. no, the harp's exciting, but uh, you know, it's you get that uh, those goosebumps from the uh, the riffs and the shreds and all that. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I well, say I'm a hairy, hairy heavy metal guy. Um, okay, so we don't have too much time left, but um, actually, I'm gonna get Lindsay to ask a couple more questions because God, Sam, that you're making me think on a Saturday. I'm I'm sorry, Lindsay. <laughs> Okay, what up? What do you want me? What do you what? You just want me to ask Tyler questions? Ask Tyler a couple questions because we haven't let you really ask any questions yet. I realize so I'm I'm we've hogged it. Okay, so I I have to ask you about going to school because Harris is a really cool mm-hmm. like institute to attend, and the teachers are just so rad. That's here in Toronto for those of you that don't know. It's one of the best music industry schools to go to for management production. Um, and anything else you want to do in the biz side. So I, I, you told me this and I thought this was hilarious. You actually started studying before you went to school. Did you find that that eased on your workload and your learning experience going in a bit prepared? A ton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'd, I'd gotten into the production stuff before I started going to school and it wasn't just like I heard the term music producer and decided, okay, I'm going to go do that and then picked it up from scratch. I'd been recording and I had a small interface and I had one or two microphones and, you know, I'd started playing around with programming drums and using, uh, you know, GarageBand and Logic. So I'd already delved into it a bit. I'd already demoed and like tried doing a couple cover songs and I was picking up all my info off the Andy Sneap forums that were back in the day. So anybody that's doing production, you know, over the past 10 years remembers those forums. Um, so I picked up a lot of info off there. That's where I sort of got to know uh, of a lot of the guys that are sort of the guys that I look up to, you know, Ermin Demidovic and Nolly and Lass and, uh, you know, a lot of these sort of guys that are doing a, a really killer job in the, the production side of things these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I already had some of that, you know, the basic knowledge. Um, 
But when I started Harris, they sort of got me caught up on a lot of the things that you miss when you're just reading stuff on forums, trying to troubleshoot problems, which is like your bare bones basics, you know, about, uh, you know, your balanced or unbalanced signals and types of connectors and, you know, different levels and uh, things like that. So Harris really picked up a lot of those basics. But since I knew how EQs worked and what compressors were, you know, that sort of helped a lot. Um, I so I, I know that when I started that first semester, I was uh, ahead of a good few people. And you weren't bored. You were just probably sitting there feeling really confident and picking up was, other stuff, right? No, that was like, I, you know, I'm going to school and there's a studio in the basement. This whole place is just about music. Now sign me up. I'm there. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think we're almost short on time unless Lindsay has one more question. If she doesn't, that's fine. Uh, what's an album that's come out in the last 12 months that you're just absolutely blown away by the production? Ooh, Ooh damn. Question. Or like top three, if, if you can't pick one. Oh, there is a good few. Just I, start naming them out. Yeah, I do love, <laughs> uh, well, they just won the Juno this year, Unleash the Archers. That yeah. Absolutely killer. I do love that one. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's been out for over a year now. Um, but that last Havoc album that Mark Lewis did, love it. Mm -hmm um god what else is recent i've got all the album covers actually on my screensaver popping up here um you came prepared awesome. yeah i don't know um yeah what's what else has come out in the past year i've been uh, i know it's been a weird like not on a ton of what about the new cannibal corpse were you happy with it oh definitely a different again. vibe more old school oh yeah but it's eric rutan so i do love it yeah. I haven't listened to it nearly as much. I've been on, uh, oh, you know what? Here, I'll say uh, the new Gojira album. Killer. Killer. But they, they can sort of do no wrong. So yeah. that's just them. Cool. Cool. Okay. Well, I think that's all we got for today, unless yeah. Corey, any final she wants to say? No, I am good on my end. Cool. Okay. So with that, thank you, Tyler, for being on. Thank you, Lindsay, and party on, Corey. Party on, everyone. Party on. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.